0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93
2: WIBC. So let's- well, Hammer... Let's start the segment out on a positive note. we got good news from the Biden administration. Are you ready for this? All right. According to the Biden administration, prices for goods and services fell sharply in December. And that just proves it, man. There's another sign. Inflation is starting to ease. Uh, Am I right or am am I right? Am I right? Am I right?
3: So about that. Yeah, yeah. Remember when Joe... And that woman with the really, really red hair, Jen Saki According to Donald Trump. <laughs> promised us all that inflation would be temporary.
4: We also know that as our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. Hmm. But that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've
5: seen are were expected, and and expected to be
6: temporary. I will say, as
5: we've said in here before, but we'll reiterate that, of course, we take uh, the possibility of inflation quite seriously. Most economic al- analysts have believed that it will have a temporary or transitory impact.
2: Oh, there's that word transitory. Heard that that word an awful lot.
3: So Biden administration comes out today and says prices for wholesale goods uh, right. falling sharply. Like
2: I said, sure.
3: Well, here's the thing about that. When you really look at the economy right now, and this isn't my opinion. These are facts. These are numbers. This is the 20th straight month with the consumer price index at or above 5%, inflation number. Mm. 21 straight months with negative real wages year over year, meaning that the money you're making at work isn't keeping up with inflation. And 21 straight months... With the producer price index above
2: 6%. Wait a minute. So, I, you know, this Biden administration, they're all dosey doing and a square dancing and doing cartwheels and slapping each other on the backsides because the prices for goods and services fell in December. But you're telling me something different.
3: I'm telling you that real wages are down and Americans are poorer ever since Joe Biden put his hand on the Bible and took the oath of office hmm. here. Now, here's a little activity. This is a little at-home game you can play with the Hammer and Nigel show. This is how you know the Biden administration is putting out there the talking points. If you go into a Twitter search and just type in prices, wholesale goods, and beginning to ease, you're going to see so many articles that have those exact same words. Quote, Prices for wholesale goods and services fell sharply in December, providing another sign that inflation, while still high, is beginning to ease. You will find, and I did this earlier, you will find article after article using those exact same words you are being fed government Mm, talking points. I was going to
2: say that sounds awfully like talking points sent out by the DNC. Jim Jordan uh, put out a tweet, quote, Record inflation,
3: record crime, record illegal immigration, and boxes of classified documents at a garage. This is Joe (laughs) Biden's America. Even people who aren't political. I mean, they've got two eyes. They can go to the grocery store and see what's happening here. Uh, Micah Parsons, one of the best defensive players in the NFL of the Dallas Cowboys. This is a dude who's got money. It's not like he can't afford things, but he tweeted... Inflation is a serious problem at supermarkets.
2: <laughs> well, no, believe. <laughs> uh, so,
3: just because you're getting the talking points passed down from the Biden administration, uh,
2: be careful. Yeah, what happened to the transitory inflation angle? I mean, that was the all that was all the hot rhetoric rhetoric around this time last year. It was just transitory, transitory. Tre- Janet Yellen, tre- Treasury Secretary. Why can't people just like, like for once, just tell us the truth? Like seriously, yeah, you know what? Honestly, inflation's really high. We probably should have thought twice about locking down the economy for a virus that was that was mostly just a cold for a lot of uh, young, healthy people. And we probably should have taken care of the uh, people that most affected. You know, oh, by the way, we probably shouldn't have printed all that money and then We'd gave rather, it away. Yeah, we, we probably shouldn't have. We probably shouldn't have shut down, like, energy output and Mm. pipelines and oil leases and drilling and offshore. Yep, yep. know, You know, maybe, like, looking back on that, maybe it was kind of a bad idea.
3: George Costanza, was that wrong? Because if somebody would have told me that that type of behavior was frowned upon, it'd be news to me. Uh, Check this out. This is from the New York Post. It's from writer Miranda Devine. Oh, Yeah. Hunter Biden's monthly rent, you know, the uh, $50,000 that uh, the big guy was charging, his own son, where they found the classified documents at the garage, it was exactly $49,910. Well, according to a lot of digging and receipt searching, that $49,910 matches a rental deposit at the House of Sweden related to the Biden's family business venture with... The CEFc China,
2: China. Energy Company. Yeah, there
3: it is. Forty nine thousand nine hundred and ten dollar deposit matches the same amount of money on a background check
2: Wait that he logged in two thousand eighteen. What are you trying to say here, Hammer? What is Miranda Devine implying here? Well, she's implying
3: that uh, there's a little money laundering scheme going on here. Uh, Joe Biden charges rent to Hunter. Hunter pays forty nine thousand nine hundred and ten dollars and then somehow magically forty nine thousand nine hundred and ten dollars ends up to the china energy company that hunter just happened to be doing some wheeling and dealing with
2: you know miranda devine is is one of the people one of the reporters that broke the laptop for the hell story along with friend of the show emma joe morris from breitbart that we've had on multiple times correct so she's been covering this from day one
3: She uh, broke down all of this information. She's got the receipts. She's got the emails. You can check it out at the New York Post. And I think Breitbart also picked up on her work as well. Remember a couple months back, Nige, when the Starbucks closed on Monument Circle here in Indianapolis. Starbucks,
2: a popular business. Been at that location forever. Right. I mean, years and years and years and
3: years. And do you remember why? That they closed down.
2: Oh, well, it was the economy, right? Nope. Nope. Nope.
3: Nope. Nope. Nope.
2: I mean, they said it out loud. I, I'm trying to, re- I'm racking my brain. I can't remember. I thought it was just, you know, bad numbers, bad economy, not enough people coming downtown to get coffee,
3: bad people, bad people oh. outside of their store doing oh. gross things. Oh,
2: cr- the crime,
3: crime, the homelessness. The homelessness, the feces on the street, <laughs> the people flogging their dolphin in front of the window. <laughs> Those were just some of the reasons that Starbucks decided,
2: all right, we've had enough of Monument Circle. That's not what the Hogshead administration said, though.
7: No,
3: They it's were not.
2: confused as to why in the world anybody would close down a business on Monument Circle.
3: Dateline Seattle.
2: Nike is closing down their store
3: in downtown Seattle for the exact same mm. reasons. Quote, Deteri- deteriorating conditions in the downtown area. Now, keep in mind, this was Nike's flagship store in Seattle. The suburban area stores, they're going to remain open. But the one in downtown Seattle, according to KOMO in Seattle, is going to join Amazon Retail and five separate Starbucks stores that have all closed down within the last year because of the crime and the way that the downtown situation is being handled by local leaders.
2: You left out a word. Local Democrat leaders. Bingo.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. show on
2: 93 WIPC All right Hammer uh, how's your uh, how's your diet going man how is <laughs> the uh, how's the new year's diet thing I mean you didn't really make a new year's resolution lots of people do lose weight dieting change their you know their lifestyles how's it going for you man
3: well, I never said I was going on a diet, so I would say things are going great.
2: Um, <laughs> okay. So I lost 50 pounds last yeah. year. Yeah, that started at the beginning of last year. Man,
3: I got to be honest. Since I did that, and right around Halloween time, I've gained a pretty good amount back. I've probably gained about 20 pounds back. It's not bad. I, mean, I got to get back on it, though, man. Like, Halloween is into thanksgiving which rolls over into like christmas cookie season oh, yeah. and all the holiday treats new year's feasts and meals there was a trip to nashville in between man i gotta get back on
2: it i lost a few pounds cut back on a beer drinking during the week and um and uh, i'm writing one of the things i'm doing is writing down everything i eat every day and then send it to my guy my trainer kyle at exercise inc and they kind of help me with the with, you know, the keeping track. Once you, like, you look at it and you keep track. And Kyle like, got the, the diary. Yeah, it yeah. just says a lot. <laughs> 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 but look, man, I'm telling you, stick with us. If you want to lose weight in January, here's a new product that really works from Hammer and Nigel Products. If one of your New Year's resolutions is to lose weight,
7: now there's help. Super Glue Lip Balm. Simply apply the Super Glue lip balm to your lips. One application and you'll start losing weight fast. It's just that easy. Listen to this satisfied customer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. No diet,
7: no exercise, and watch the pounds melt off. Super Glue lip balm. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year, skinny. <laughs> man,
3: I need work. some of that yeah. right now, man. I'm not going to lie. I got to get back on it. <laughs>
2: that uh... The beer during the week is the worst for me. I I, mean, I I will I maybe have one here before I go home or something like that before the show ends at seven. But <laughs> that's cute. But you said uh, one, well uh, two at the most. But I mean they're spread out. Like really, I keep on hearing about like healthy vodka and healthy kinds of tequila. Right. And that's fine. And I might try to switch to some of that, but it's so expensive. That right. kind of like silver hundred percent agave tequila the gluten-free vodka, whatever. The healthy very, stuff is so very,
3: freaking expensive. It's so
2: good, though. It is. Those are the good sugars. I'm <laughs> hearing about the good sugar
3: And listen, we're not going to lie. We have really awesome jobs. Like, we can drink beer at work because we're making a sponsor happy. You know, we have That's beer right. sponsors here. Our friends at Thompson Furniture and Mattress, they sponsor a beer sample Friday, and we're just making them happy. We love them so much, we do it on monday and tuesday and wednesday (laughs) thursday like i'll go home from work and my wife will hand me a beer and i'm like oh honey i've been at work all day (laughs) 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 if i see one more beer i'm sorry (laughs) uh (laughs) sam is our producer today sam can we get a little mood music please
7: back to the hotel
3: did young Nige in junior high remember this song "Back to the Hotel"?
2: Uh, who sings this? I don't even know. In
3: Too Deep
2: nah, was the band's this name. This wasn't. Well, junior high for me was more NWA and the Ghetto Boys and Ice Cube when he went solo. Easy E when he. Those were the like the like the Ice T. Those were those were the guys I listened to.
3: The reason we had "Back to the Hotel" is. There's a story on Reddit. Now we're not sure if this is legit or not, but the person posted a photo on Reddit that hotels are so desperate. Everybody knows the mini bar at hotels is a good way to basically burn the whole paycheck because if you grab something out oh, of that dude. mini bar, they charge you an arm and a leg. It's
2: crazy.
3: Well, somebody posted on Reddit a photo after they stayed at a Marriott in Florida, and there was a sign. On the mini fridge that said they would be charged 50 bucks if they put any of their own
2: stuff in it. No. No. This can't be real. This is a Reddit thing. The photo has a sign
3: and it says, quote, the refreshment center is on a sensor. Use of the refreshment center for personal storage Will automatically incur a fifty dollar charge.
2: Yeah. Now I okay. I'm looking at the phone. I don't know. It doesn't. But on the other hand, it doesn't surprise me. These some of these places try to nickel and dime you. You can't. You can't use the. You can't put your own things in the refrigerator. When when was the last time you went to Vegas? No, it's been since 2008. No, I haven't haven't been for a while. Vegas now will
3: nickel and dime you to death with the resort fees. The resort resort fees fees, are more than the actual room sometimes. You could find a great deal on the strip, you know, for a great value, but the resort fee that they bring in out of left field off the top rope that's elbowing you right when you go (laughs) to check out, that sucks, man. So I – I actually believe this. I don't I don't want to, but I think I believe I this. I will
2: admit this, one of the hotels we stayed at in Florida uh, a couple of years ago, maybe Boca or so, somewhere, they didn't offer a refrigerator in the room. And we're like, "Yeah, that sucks. We would have just a little one." Unless they didn't offer a refrigerator in the room unless Uh, you needed it for medical reasons. Like you had medicine that required refrigeration. Okay. So my wife called him and said, Uh Hey, uh, look, the kids are on amoxicillin. We're going to need a refrigerator in the bedroom. (laughs) And it worked. And by amoxicillin, we mean Miller (laughs) (laughs) Lite.
3: That's a brilliant, savvy move. All right. I like it. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. That's Jason Hammer. My name is Nigel. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Congressman Jim Banks from Indiana's 3rd District. Jim is Coming on our show today to exclusively announce he's canceling his bid for Senate. <laughs> he's canceling the Senate thing. He's now the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Congratulations, Coach Banks.
1: Hey, sign, sign me up. I'm ready to go. Hey. Well, you have as much be worse exp- than how it's been,
2: right? <laughs> right. That's see, all this serious stuff to talk about, and like all I'm curious about is like are, do you have time to pay attention to Indiana sports? Are you an Indianapolis Colts fan? Do you like the Pacers? Do you like IU basketball?
1: Uh, I am. I'm a I'm a miserable fan of all three. This was supposed to be our big uh, <laughs> Indiana University basketball uh, dominating season, it and was. I, have a, I have a bad feeling about the game and against uh, against our friends at, at Purdue coming up. So. I am going to Assembly Hall, though, to cheer on the Hoosiers against uh, Izzo and Michigan State this Sunday, so we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, I'm not too disappointed.
3: Well, Congressman, let's get into uh, the big news. Joking aside, you announced this past week that you are running to be a senator from the great state of Indiana. Now, it wasn't that long ago that the guy that's vacating that seat, Mike Braun, sat next to Nigel and I and... I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically stated that it's real hard for one person, especially somebody new, to make a difference in the swamp. Why do you think you can make that difference?
1: Well, uh, look, I- I've been honored to serve in the House now for the past six years and and uh, believe that we have made a difference. And setting the tone and the agenda to get our country back on track, I saw the night and day difference between – the America First agenda that I championed and supported under Donald Trump, and the America Last agenda these last two years under Joe Biden—that's that's turned the country upside down in such a big way. So, the Senate's just a it, when it opened up because Mike Braun's running for governor. I, I, my wife and I talked about it. We prayed about it. We feel called to run for it because I, I, I just really do believe it matters who Indiana sends to Washington to be our senator. and We need more fighters in the Senate who are going to fight for our conservative values and for who's your families. And I've got the track record in the house, but I can do even more in the Senate. What, what kind of like,
2: talk about the discussions you had with your wife. I know you said you prayed about it, but what goes into considering running for Senate? What all th- like, what's like, you know, on the list, I'm going to have to campaign. I'm going to have to be away from home. Like what exactly all is involved when you make a decision this big?
1: Yeah, it's such a good question. Nobody's ever asked me that before, but, you know, these are personal decisions. We, we, uh, we have three young daughters, 13, 11 and nine years old. And we serve as a family. They go with, they go to Washington with me to serve. We, we go back and forth from Columbia city, my hometown, where we keep our home and Washington DC and running for the Senate is obviously it's a much bigger campaign. You're running statewide, wise, more expensive. It's more time away from home and more time on the road. And, you know, I, I, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the challenging part of it. But the, the difference, I believe, that you can make, that any one senator can make, uh, with the powers that the senators have, with the filibuster rules, and and the and the big issues of our time, the big issues of our day. Uh, I, I just think it matters that Indiana sends a, a new generation of. of conservative leaders to the Senate and fighters they are going to fight for us. That's why we feel called to do it.
3: You mentioned fighters and fighting. There was a pretty nice little soiree that took place in the house a few weeks ago when it came to picking a speaker and you voted for Kevin McCarthy uh, 15 times. Now, some people said, you know what? I've got a problem with that. What's your response to people who are Republicans but that had a problem with Kevin McCarthy, and can you justify your vote
1: there? Well, there, there were no punches thrown, there were no cane <laughs> whippings, and there was no violence on the floor of the House. It was a tumultuous week. I keep telling people, by the way, that if I ever have one week to live, I want to live through fifteen speaker votes. It was like Groundhog Day, going down to the floor over and over and over again. Right. I, I supported Kevin McCarthy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna apologize for that. I. I. Uh, I, I believe that he was. He's the one that was best prepared and, uh, to be the Speaker of the House and had a plan ready to go. Uh, at the same time, the, all of the rules changes that came out of that process, I thought was a really healthy process, a healthy week as we talked about what leadership means and how it matters. And what does a Congress look like when the Speaker of the House matters less and rank-and-file members like myself matter more? You, you elect me to go to Washington to fight for you but then you get there and Nancy Pelosi's the speaker and she has so much power that she abuses and and rank and file members don't don't have power to to fight for the issues that their voters sent them to take care of. So we we elected McCarthy the speaker on the 15th vote and then we unified, we rolled up our sleeves and we're we've already gone to work and I think the one of the first things that we did last week will be the legacy of this Republican majority. We created a select committee on China, uh, addressing China as the biggest threat facing America. That was McCarthy's vision, something that we campaigned on. Now we're putting it into action. I'm going to be a part of it, and and uh, we're going to look at ways for America to get back on our feet, to build a military that can fight against China's military and beat China's military, and build an economy in America, to rebuild the manufacturing base and the economy, to keep our jobs here instead of watching watching China steal our jobs and our economic uh, ability in this country. So those are the things that matter that we're going to focus on in this Congress, fighting to keep girls' sports for girls and uh, pay, uh, fiscal responsibility going after the national debt. Um, th- those are the issues that matter that this majority is going to focus on.
2: Okay. Now, you did say something I take issue with here. You said there wasn't any violence on the floor. I don't know. I saw Kevin McCarthy getting Matt Gates's face, <laughs> and then shortly but, after you
1: know, that, no, no, no punches thrown. No,
2: but that, that that other big guy came in right after. Him. He had to be held back by his face. What? <laughs> what? Do you have any idea what Kevin McCarthy said to Gates at that point? Like, what? Did you see
1: any of that take place? I don't think he was saying. I don't think he was telling him, "I love you." <laughs> uh, okay, but uh, you know, it was a heated moment. We got past it, and. Um, you know, here we are. We're, we're unified. We're ready to go. We have a lot okay. to do. Let me say this. We we just got through this midterm election. We thought it was going to be a red wave. I don't even know if you can call it a red ripple. But I think one of the reasons that Republicans didn't do as well in this last election is because so many times before when we've had majorities, Republican leaders didn't live up to their commitments and promises and it didn't deliver. And we have a chance this term to deliver and do what we said we were going to do, address the border, address the China threat, pay off the debt past balanced budgets, save girls sports. And if we deliver, we're going to grow that majority from from four, I think, to a lot more and win the Senate, win back the White House, too. That's why I'm running for Senate. I want to be a part of the next generation generation of leaders who fight to make that happen.
2: Would you support an impeachment of Joe Biden just over the Afghanistan debacle alone?
1: Well, you know, I served in Afghanistan, so this is personal uh, for me. And before we get to impeachment, we have to investigate. And the Armed Services Committee that I'm a leader on, we're going, to, we're going to launch those investigations, ask questions of our top military leaders and the Biden administration. Why did they make the, the, the foolish and dangerous decisions that they did when they pulled out of Afghanistan that led to the deaths of 13 of our heroes? And those questions have never been asked. With the Democrats in charge, with a Democrat president, no one has ever been held accountable for what happened on that deadly day in Afghanistan, leading up to it, what happened afterwards. Um, That that is that's one investigation that we have to launch next. Next investigation we have to launch is why this administration has completely disobeyed the rule of law at the border, a wide open border. We have drug a drug epidemic in this country, fentanyl, the leading cause of death of Americans, my age and your age because of the open border. So then we got to investigate the Biden corruption. I mean, the Biden family is the most corrupt family ever to occupy the White House. And there's so much evidence of that. Hunter Biden uh, uh, taking money from the Chinese Communist Party, from Russia, corrupt companies in Ukraine. We just found out last week he was paying fifty thousand dollars a month of rent to his dad, Joe Biden. And and that's one way to skim ten percent off the top. By the way, so right. let's investigate that corruption. If it, if that corruption uh, is what we think it is, then then yes, we should impeach this president. But we got we got to investigate first
3: congressman jim banks joining us he has made it official he is running for senate and congressman a lot of people play fantasy football around here we play fantasy politics it's shaping up if the names get in that we think are getting in it's shaping up to be a star studded uh, republican primary for this senate seat he hasn't made it official, but there's chatter Mitch Daniels may get in. There's rumors of Victoria Spartz. Again, they haven't made it official, Holcomb. But we've already got some pack groups uh doing some trash talk, putting out videos. What would separate you from anybody else that runs in the Indiana Republican primary for Senate?
1: Uh, I'd say two things, uh, and I don't know who else is going to run. I, I respect all the names that you mentioned, but. I've got the proven track record as a conservative fighter in the, in the House of Representatives the last six years, and then and then secondly, you know, it's it's here, here's the bottom line. It, it's uh, it's time that we move past the the squishy Republicans that go along to get along with the Democrats because we're at a point uh, in this country where we can't go along anymore with it. We we, we have to save this country, restore America, restore the, the values that make this country the greatest country in the world, and the radical left. They, they want to destroy this country. They want to change America inside out. So I've got a proven track record as that type of fighter in the House. And when I get to the Senate, I can fight for Indiana and America in an even bigger way.
3: Congressman, you've already received a few endorsements. I know Tom Cotton has put his support behind you, Mark Levin, a couple of others. Do you anticipate Donald Trump to be in your corner? And will you ask him to campaign in Indiana for you?
1: Absolutely. I, I called him last week, told him I was running, and I would love to have his endorsement, would love to have him come to Indiana and campaign for me. He uh, is very popular in the Hoosier State, and uh, we speak we speak quite often. And um, he just posted a, a post just a few minutes ago, actually, ironically, on True Social about me running. And, uh, of course, we'd be very glad to have his support.
2: Best restaurant in columbia city indiana downtown like you go home what are you looking forward to the most when you oh, wear, go out we to have eat? a we
1: have a we have a dairy queen and a pizza king right across <laughs> the street from where i live and i you know i'm i'm not a skinny man so uh, much of that uh comes from both of those places and um can't go wrong with know. pizza king man Pizza King and yeah. an Oreo Blizzard across the street at Dairy oh, Queen. We've never been to Columbia City, and we have the best Dairy Queen in America. I promise you that.
3: Congressman Jim Banks, he has officially announced he is running for U.S. Senate here in Indiana. Congressman, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Have a good day.
3: It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: 41 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC.
2: You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. It's like a bunch of the questions we didn't get to at Jim Banks, and they had nothing to do with politics. Like, I wanted to know if he kept a beer fridge in his office there in the Capitol. Right.
3: Because he's you know been doing mean? this media tour. He's answered all of the I questions know. a million times this
2: week. Who's the biggest drunk in Congress besides Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> That's what I. That was my next question. In Who's the
3: non-Nancy the- Pelosi <laughs> division. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, whatever, that was fun, but yeah, I still had some qua. He might not drink. He seems like a pretty straight arrow kind of conservative church going god loving guy.
3: now, you might not like this, Nige, but there was one day you were gone, and I think it was myself and Rob Kendall in here. This is back when Jim Banks and Rob Kendall were somewhat cordial to each other. Uh, we asked him, all right, this is an important question. Van Halen or Van Hagar, <laughs> and it's Van Halen. No, Van no, Halen, no, no, David no, Lee no. Roth, Bloomington, Indiana. It's crazy. Yeah. You think about like Indiana and some of the rock front men that have come from this state. You don't normally think of Indiana as like a rock and roll bastion, but you've got Axl Rose from Lafayette, and then you've got David Lee Roth in the greater Bloomington area. Don't forget
2: about
8: Babyface. Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, Sam? I, I promise I'm not interrupting to make a joke here, but there are really people who are Team Hagar for Van Halen? Yes, this no, guy. I
2: am. I am. He the can representative can from Zionsville Have you is been, I,
8: Well, I'm also a Zionsville representative, so I'd like to
2: oppose and even the
1: <laughs>
2: I just like Hagar because he, he can sing all the Van Halen songs, the David Lee Roth era, and his own songs. David Lee Roth can't sing those Hagar songs. No, but the range. David
3: Lee Roth songs are better.
2: Than the songs. Uh, I, I, I would say they're equal. I, I don't know that there's oh, one better on than the other. Now. We could have this conversation all day long. You know, uh, that's like saying. Did we say Michael Jackson's from Indiana?
3: Michael Jackson yeah. is, okay. yes. But I, I wouldn't put him in the rock category. Oh,
2: okay, okay. Like if you're I talking about you're...
3: rock and roll, you know, Detroit, Rock City, and then there's parts of California that put a lot of great front yeah. men out. But the state of Indiana. Got a couple. Man, we got a couple of them uh, in terms of bands, not individuals like John cougar johnny cougar you've got uh, lafayette represented with axel rose mm-hmm. and bloomington represented with a uh, david lee roth all right coming up next uh we're gonna have marcus bailey meteorologist for wish tv oh, no. on the phone there could be parts of indiana that get some severe hard rain tonight and there's rumors there's chatter on the dark web there may be a winter storm next week.
2: No
3: way. So we're going to pick the brain of Marcus Bailey from Wish TV next on the Hammer and Nigel Show.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? <laughs> on 93 WIBC. So
2: let's rock it. That's Hammer over there. I'm Nigel. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on a guy i feel we i feel like we only bring on marcus bailey when something bad is about to happen <laughs> like we really pigeonholed you marcus into this guest that comes on this meteorologist from wish tv okay. that only talks about bad news marcus how are you doing today
9: i'm hey i'm great I, I mean one of these days you guys are gonna be like it's gonna be great news like Marcus is here. Marcus is like
3: when the punter comes out in a football game. Oh, man, another three and out. Here's Marcus Bailey. Oh, no. (laughs) All right, Marcus. So uh, you heard the forecast at the top of the hour there. It sounds like parts of Indiana could see some hard rain tonight. What are we looking at?
9: Yeah, I mean, look, guys, this is, uh, I mean, it's, it's like a, early spring, like March forecast, right? I mean, we're going to be warming overnight. You heard Terrace talk about it, Uh, maybe even close to 50 by midnight. We already have the rain coming in now. Most of it's kind of light, but I do think we're kind of kind of pick up the intensity here. Um, So some moderate to heavy rain, I wouldn't rule out maybe a few rumbles of thunder, even Um, severe weather it kind of difficult to get going, I think, Uh, maybe down along the Ohio River, but central Indiana, I'm not too concerned about it. But we're going to be dealing with this heavy rain, I think, for a good portion of the late night and overnight hours should be out of here. By around daybreak, but there's a lot of areas that could pick up, and this is statewide. Um, maybe as high as around an inch of rainfall, and there could be some isolated higher amounts. So you minor what, flooding. Issues. There's two yeah.
2: times where I have to sleep on the couch: a uh, when my wife was really mad at me I've had too many beers; b oh, is okay. when there's rumbles of thunder and my kids all come to get into bed with us, and I got to make yeah. room.
9: I understand that uh, as, as a dad, <laughs> really. Does I get that happen? To, oh yeah, yeah. They get they get a little concerned. Um, so. Yeah, that might it might be one of those one of those Dude, one of those uh, nights uh, and overnight.
2: Yeah, sure. a couple uh, a couple of weeks ago, man, there was some rain and a huge crack of thunder just yeah. jolted me. I mean, it sounded like a bomb dropped in my backyard. It's so loud.
9: Well, and, and like, I think you know, obviously, when it's when you're talking overnight, it surprises anybody. But this time of year, although I mean, we right. always try to preach. We try to preach, you know, There's there's been tornadoes and severe weather any month of the year in the state of Indiana. So wow. thunderstorms can happen all the time, but certainly it's not something that's really on the forefront of your mind in the middle of January. This, guys, this is typically, statistically, the coldest week that we have in the calendar year in Indiana. And we've been talking, you know, 40s, 50s, uh, well above average temperature. So it's it's been quite unique here so far for the month of January.
3: By January standards, I'm not going to complain. I would much rather yeah. have rain and a thunderstorm than yeah. two or three feet of snow that I will have to get out and shovel off my driveway and pretend like I'm not having a heart attack. I will sign up for this every single time, Marcus. But yeah, there's some chatter. There's some rumors that yeah. there may be another winter storm in the near future. Do you know yeah. anything about this?
9: Well, here's the thing. I mean, if, if, if I were to go out on social media and talk about rumblings of uh, things that are going to happen a, a week in advance, we, we'd be dealing with the blizzard of 1978 20 times a year. Um, I, what we can tell you and, and what we do here is uh, we look at patterns, right? And, and certainly the pattern is active. Um, but, but the one thing that we have been missing is outside of Christmas weekend or prior to it has been cold, um, we just haven't been, and we haven't been cold enough to support any, any snow system. Now, that said, um, I think we've got another system that provides a decent amount of moisture this Sunday. Right now, some of the projections we're seeing are kind of splitting the state in half. It's that old I-70, you know, we talk about it, uh, magical boundary line where north could see a little bit of snow. It doesn't look like it's going to be an epic amount, maybe an inch or two, and then south gets rain. And then it does appear that some projections are starting to go that we could see another system by midweek. Again, that's going to fluctuate. I mean, you have to keep in mind, guys, when you're talking a week in advance, a lot of these storms don't even exist right now. They haven't even formed. Uh, Models do pretty good, but a lot can change between now and as we get closer to the event, which is why a lot of the times you see us on TV, we try to hold off on putting a snowfall amount until, you know, we feel pretty certain, which usually isn't at least a day or two from the event. So you look at patterns, the pattern looks active. You need to get the cold air, which we just have been lacking in. Uh, But it is something to watch because if you have a busy pattern and you get some cold air spilling in here, certainly is a possibility that we can get some snow.
3: Marcus, there are some people that uh, are not television meteorologists, but they go out on social media and they say, hey, Coming up two weeks from now, put your big boy yeah. pants on. You're going to have 845 inches of snow or possibly none. And, like, right. does that kind of stuff frustrate <laughs> people like you and, you know, Stephanie Mead and Tara Hastings and Ashley Brown, people who are on television and you've got to mm-hmm. go on the record and do this? People are always going to give you the business if you're wrong, but it doesn't feel like the people that do these things online, and I'm not singling one group out, I'm just saying, sure. does that kind of rub you the wrong way
9: i mean it did when when kind of social media really exploded and i think well i mean both facebook and twitter when it it really became you know widespread that everybody was was using um that form of media um you know you, you get into the sense people like to see those big numbers and and a lot of people don't read into you know, I could write a book about here's what I think, but what they're going to look at is an image. And if the image says we're going to get 20 inches of snowfall, that's what they're going to see, not the, the, the you know, the dissertation that I'm going to write and be like, if this happens, we may see this. If this right. happens, we see this. Um, it, it, it can be that, look, at, at the end of the day, you gotta you got to worry about yourself. And I think all of us that work in media, I mean, you guys included – Um, you know, you just have to kind of worry about what you do, put your head down. You can't worry about what other people do and you have to let your track record just kind of, you know, speak for itself and not be, uh, like a knee jerk reaction because some, you know, Joe Schmo social meteorologist basically, uh, wants to say, Hey, we're going to get 20 inches of snow in two weeks. And now I've got, I feel like I need to respond or say, Oh yeah, that's a possibility. And you can't kind of jump into, uh, you know, wanting to get all the likes and the shares and you're worried about being more accurate, that's that's what you kinda have to lean into. And I think, you know, we try to we try to do that as much as we can with, with our, our weather staff.
3: And on the subject of social media, Marcus, we'll get you out of here on this one. Nige, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this or not. Marcus and I kind of teamed up ripping Phil Sanchez today. <laughs> no, I
2: didn't. Yeah, did. <laughs> Phil
1: it's, it's, it's,
2: got it's,
3: it's, out it's, of his comfort zone and started talking about college football <laughs> and the drafts and the quarterbacks <laughs> and <laughs> was just spilling nonsense. And Marcus yeah. and I basically had to set Phil straight.
9: <laughs> well, here you know, I, I, to Phil, and you know, I love to rib Phil, but I, lo- I love Bill he's one of my favorite co-workers i'm not, i'm sad i don't get to see him that much but he is always really really good for like a once a month or once every other month 7 a.m horrible hot take on social media <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you know we all kind of wait about you know on daybreak it's like we wait around and, and it's like we all just kind of look at each other like oh phil's got the hot take of the day and uh you know everybody kind of ribs him a little bit so we have a good time with it but uh yeah, his, his, uh, his sports take sometimes, I, I, had to, I had to rib him a little bit because he wanted to talk about the upcoming draft, and I, friendly, I had a friendly reminder that there was a few years ago that he thought that the Colts should give up everything to get Sam Darnold. So <laughs> you might want to hold off that. on some of those projections,
1: right?
3: <laughs> Marcus Bailey, meteorologist, Wish TV. Marcus, thank you. All right, thanks, guys. So, Nige, all yes. I can say about this next story is, well, this sucks. Um, what happened? U.S. gasoline prices continue to rise, even though oh, yeah. the demand has gone down. So this kind of goes against everything that you're taught, right? Everything. Supply and demand here. According to AAA, gasoline demand is kind of having that seasonal slack off. The weather's pretty crappy. It's cold in places. Not as many people traveling. So the demand for gas is not as high as it normally is. So normally the gas prices would go down. uh uh-uh. They're going the other direction. As a matter of fact, Colorado, Georgia, Nebraska, and Indiana are the states that are seeing oh, yeah. the highest uptick in gas
2: prices right now. And I'm assuming the president is taking credit for this, right? <laughs> I mean, because when the prices go down, it's it's because of what President Biden is doing. But right. When prices go up. Well, wait a minute. The president has nothing to do with gas prices. Putin. It's Putin. Putin.
3: Putin price hike, yeah. but Biden's gas reduction. That's how it
2: works. That's funny. I mean, look up Executive Order 13990. I've, I've mentioned it on the show before. From day one, Biden has done everything to suppress energy output in this country, including this executive order. Uh, January 20th, 2021, uh, signed by President Biden, got rid of the Keystone Pipeline, prohibited drilling in, Arctic, in that Arctic refuge, uh, moratorium on coastal plan, Uh, oil and gas leasing programs the list goes on and on and on and on so hope you're enjoying those high gas prices while all at the same time uh, dipping into our strategic petroleum reserves which is dumb as well
3: and oh by the way wages not keeping up with the inflation so you're making less money than you did a year ago and you're right even though the gas prices are not five dollars a gallon which they got up to at one point they're still substantially higher than when the Big Bad Orange Man was there, and it's now over $3 a gallon again. So I think it's time to crank up a classic Hammer and Nigel Records single about the gas prices.
5: Overnight, prices rose about a nickel from about two ninety-seven dollars to as high as $3.05 today in some areas. And
7: the sign said a gallon of unleaded. So I left my car That parked at the pump Cause I didn't have The money to drive Come on! The cashier said Get back and you'll ride You're gonna have to leave So I said to him You'll have to give me a 10 That's what it cost To turn the key sign, sign sign. Everywhere a sign Telling me that I don't make enough to drive It's 19 cents a cup If you divide and the sign said, We're going to get medieval. We ain't got money to pay. We'll find another source like a saddling horse. because <laughs> to run on hay. Let's go! Oh, 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 <laughs> sign, sign, everywhere. To sign.
3: Classic. A little throwback for you there. All right, Matt Baer, what's up?
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
2: Emma and Nigel presents. Is
7: anything, anything. It depends
2: upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? A Hammer. How do we play? Is this anything?
3: I'll run some stories by you. You tell us if they're anything or not. It's pretty simple. Okay. All right. So this first one, Nige, not only do I want you to tell me if it's anything or not. Okay. I kind of want to go around the room here. So Sam, our producer today, you get ready on this one too. Who do you think is in the right in this situation? A Panera drive-thru worker refusing to take a woman's order because her little girl was screaming really loud. Now, she's being dubbed as Panera Karen and (laughs) says that she's going to meet with management as a result.
8: You are going to refuse to take my order because my child was screaming.
1: Yes, I have the right to do that. If you're more than welcome to come inside or you can place an order online and we'll make it for
8: you. And what is... All right, well, I do have this on video and I will be emailing corporate because that's just like completely rude. I okay. cannot come inside because my daughter does not have shoes on. Do you understand that?
1: No, man, I understand, but you're also more than welcome to order online as well.
8: So you want me to take an extra 20 minutes and order online? That's not convenient to me. So I'd like you to take my order, please.
1: Okay, I will be happy to take your order as long as your daughter is the
8: stream, all right? I think that's a pretty good decision on your part. Okay, I don't need this attitude. Hi, guys. <laughs> wow. Panera Karen just
6: wanted to tell you that I will be meeting
8: with the area manager tomorrow at Panera. Um, I think I might go live. We'll see. But let's
6: just say that he doesn't agree with the majority of the comments. Uh, all right,
3: so who are we on here? Are we on Team Panera Worker or Panera Karen?
2: No, nah, I'm Panera Karen all the way. That dude working the drive-thru was an a-hole. I'm usually pro uh, drive through workers i'm pro people who work at restaurants because they get treated so poorly the lady's got a baby in the car she's trying to order food and you won't take her order because the kid's screaming work through it man deal with it and then a the suggestion was hey you know actually why don't you bring your screaming kid inside <laughs> no i'm on i'd love i'd love that she called herself panera karen in the way <laughs> All so right, that's my take
8: Sam? I was a McDonald's employee for the better part of a year And knowing how old those machines might be And how crappy those headsets are I'm on drive-thru workers' side But not on the way I agree with uh, Nigel saying that he was being a jerk I would have expressed to her like It is physically impossible for me to hear your order right now I would have tried to be sympathetic, but no, I I am actually on the side of the worker here.
3: So how would you have handled this? Let's say that you are the Panera worker, Sam. Yeah. And there's a lady coming through. There's a baby crying in the back, kid yelling. She just wants to make an order. What do you
8: do? Ma'am, I apologize, but I am unable to hear you over the screams of your child. (laughs)
3: And then would she be able to come up to the window and make an order that way?
8: uh, Honestly, that's the easiest fix is like, look, just pull around. Sometimes I would just have people pull around and take the order at the window anyways. It's so much easier. That
2: guy was a nerd. (laughs) like a dork with some sort of power complex. Like the assistant manager to the the assistant manager at Panera. Yeah, I'm laying down the law. No screaming kids in my drive-thru. Can you
3: imagine giving that speech to somebody who's a police officer or somebody in the military?
2: Oh, I know. Yeah, that's such Uh, a good point.
3: Yeah, I think they've seen way worse, kid. You can take the order. (laughs) If I can run into a screaming house where there's a maniac with a gun and he doesn't have pants on and he's covered in feces, (laughs) I think you can take my order with my kid yelling in the background. Is this anything? A California man ran a dump truck into his own home. When his future ex wife filed a restraining order against him oh, no. and started the divorce process. Here is one of the crashes with neighbors reacting, then uh, Patricia Dunn talking about the actions of her husband.
7: What is he doing? Ah! Ah!
8: A man that's under that kind of rage who's to say what he might do. He was trying to kill me. He really was. I was oh, just wow. trying to stay out of the way. So I don't know if he was drunk under the influence. I never experienced anything like this in my life.
2: I guarantee the guy should have never been out of jail in the first place. I, I Without reading the story, uh, knowing the context or the background. I mean, it's just like, like I hate to go into a serious place in this segment, but the poor woman, Crystal Walton, who was shot and killed outside of a daycare on the West Side earlier th- uh, last year, Hammer. Uh, he had threatened his his girlfriend's life. And and even her friend said, there's no way this guy should have been out of jail. The justice system here in Indianapolis failed. And that kind of takes me back to California here. This guy is crazy enough to steal a dump truck and ram it into his own house after she tried to re, you know, put a restraining order on this guy. Yeah, that's something for sure.
3: I mean, it's happened in Indiana quite uh, often. Yeah. Unfortunately, the woman that had the restraining order against her ex, baby daddy, uh, ended up getting shot and killed yeah. in front of a daycare this, center yeah. late last year. So these types of things happen. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
2: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. I think guys like you and I would ever be invited to the World Economic Forum in Davos? <laughs>
3: Oh Nudge, like, you and your drugs.
2: Like I feel, I feel like the World Economic Forum is kind of like G7 summit. Like it's just a club of ultra wealthy, powerful leaders that get together every year and f- figure out ways to control and tax the citizens of the nations that they represent. And they often lecture you about your carbon footprint after getting off their giant private planes. Have you seen the is, parking
3: lot where all the private yeah. planes are
2: in, in Davos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a joke. It, it's such a joke. Half, literally half the time, is them wagging their finger, talking about carbon footprints while they're all in limos and private jets.
3: So, some of the attendees this week include one hundred and sixteen billionaires, fifty-two heads of state, six hundred CEOs, fifty-six finance ministers, nineteen central bank governors, thirty. Trade ministers, 35 foreign ministers, 16 American politicians, including FBI Director Chris Gray. Why is he there? Well, that's a good question. A better question, why aren't some other people there? It's kind of a who's who of people who have backed out of this thing last minute. George Soros, Bill Gates, a couple other high rollers all have announced that they're not going to be there. Uh, Klaus Schwab's exit this past Friday. It's a little interesting to me, and I can't quite figure it out just yet, but why all of these people, Soros and Gates and their good time party boys, all of a sudden decide last minute, you know what? I don't want to go to the rich guy's party. I don't want to go where everybody has money and we can buy things and boss people around and listen to Al Gore. (laughs) They loved it before. Why are they out now? What's brewing? That's the question. I haven't quite figured it out yet. But uh, for those that are there, oh, Nides, they're getting top-notch entertainment. For those that are there, uh, they're getting lectures from John Kerry. They're getting lectures from Al Gore. And don't forget they have panels and hosting one of the panels is Brian Stelter, the thumb. <laughs> um, this Friday night, I hit a wall and that's when the tears came. <laughs> so we have nothing to compare this with. So it can be incredibly alarming. It can be incredibly depressing. media can help. Making media can help, but the emotions are real for everybody. They're a big part of the story.
2: Oh, barf. (laughs) (laughs) Was that Tucker at the end? Oh, barf? Yes. (laughs) Why would they have, like, that's all the World Economic Forum could find is a failed CNN broadcaster.
3: And he's just a turd of a human being. Like, there's a lot of top-notch journalists who would love to fly over there and be at the beck and call of all these billionaires and powerful people. But the best you could find is a thumb, the human potato, Brian Stelter. That's all you
2: could get. <laughs> I'm sorry. I took, the, I took a drink at the exact wrong moment there. One of the uh, <coughs> panelists on the thumbs panel was
3: the uh, New York Times oh <laughs> chairman. The chairman of the New York Times. And again... Think about how bad this is. Stelter's hosting, and now you're going to have the chairman of the New York Times talk about how whenever they make a mistake, they admit it.
7: Just being discerning about trust and in in some ways finding institutional proxies for trust, um, you know, where there are reliable, transparent standards. You know, for example, in an institution like mine, when we make mistakes, we acknowledge them in public and we correct them.
2: <laughs> oh, really? Oh, when the hell did that start? This is That was the guy from the New York Times, right? Right. So, so A.G.
3: Solzberger so. is his name, chairman of the New York Times, uh, still has wow. a lot of stake involved with the company. And <laughs> he goes out. Can you play that one more time, please, Sam? He's got the testicular fortitude, if you will, to look at everybody right square in their face and say, when we make a mistake, we admit it. Dis- being discerning
7: about Trust and in in some ways finding institutional proxies for trust, um, you know, where there are reliable, transparent standards. You know, for example, in an institution like mine, when we make mistakes, we acknowledge them in public and we correct them.
3: We correct them. Now, maybe I drink too much. Maybe I yes. stay up too late, yes. but I don't recall the apologies for Russiagate saying that the COVID vaccine stopped transmission and stopped the spread. Uh, the officer that they said was murdered at the Capitol. Global warming making hurricanes more and worse, despite the fact we had one of the lowest hurricane seasons on record this past year. I missed all of those apologies, Nige. And not only
2: that, but uh, like just kind of on a side note with the New York Times and other outlets is them covering the Elon Musk Twitter file dump all the documents the internal documents that have been dumped by twitter showing that government agencies including the fbi worked with social media to suppress and censor private citizens i didn't even mention it barely a mention of that kind of thing so so not only you're right they got all that stuff wrong that you mentioned but they they, it it goes a step further by not even by not even talking about some of the biggest news stories in the world for this next story it's a great comeback
3: story so i think we need some mood music don't call it a comeback
2: oh yeah big
3: big nige it sounds like a certain former president that likes to tan himself orange is about to return (laughs) to twitter and facebook there's only
2: one person you could be talking about
3: donald trump's presidential campaign has formally petitioned facebook's parent company To unblock his account, this is according to a letter received Mm -hmm. by NBC News. So why are they doing that? Because the old man is running for president, and he wants to get on Facebook,
2: and he wants to get back on Twitter. He needs to get a hold of, of, of as many people as possible, and True Social just ain't cutting it. Now, I don't know what kind of limitations he has on True Social um in terms of his deal and if he can tweet you know if he could use other platforms. Nobody's had any comment on that. True social hasn't Trump has never talked about that but I'm just wondering what the first tweet would be if Donald Trump uh, were to tw- uh, were to get on Twitter again. Because what do you think it would be? I I bet it would involve, the word horseface. <laughs> so we're going uh, back to playing the hits yes
3: <laughs> i've been waiting to rip stormy daniels for well over a year and a half <laughs> so that's what's happening it sounds like I mean, donald trump could be back on facebook and twitter which i gotta be honest nige would be great for this show yes Because I used to love when we had Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks (laughs) come in here and read Donald Trump tweets. We haven't been able to do that in a while because he hasn't been on Twitter. He's blocked for a long time. Now he's back, but he hasn't jumped on uh, board yet. But for those who don't remember what it was like, here's a classic Donald Trump tweet read by Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks.
7: Today, Elizabeth Warren, sometimes referred to by me as Pocahontas, joined the race for president. Will she run as our first Native American presidential candidate or has she decided that after 32 years, this is not playing so well anymore? See you on the campaign trail, Liz. <laughs> I miss having Alvin read tweets
3: from the president on this show. Alvin's laugh at the end there was the best. (laughs) And again, these are actual tweets. This isn't anything that we have, you know, wrote down and gave to Alvin. These were actual tweets. Do we have time for one more? Let's do one more. This is a classic Donald Trump tweet about the Mueller report as read by Alvin.
7: Statements made about me by certain people in the crazy Mueller report are fabricated and totally untrue. Because I never agreed to testify, it was not necessary for me to respond to statements made in the report about me. Some of which are total bullshit. <laughs>
2: that was a tweet. That was a tweet from uh, the by, president. Uh, by a sitting president. Yes. With the word BS in it. Correct.
3: Like it. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. 40 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC.
2: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. I explain this headline to me, Hammer. Uh, new research has revealed the cheapest NBA teams, Indiana Pacers, coming out on top. Is, so, that, is that what I think it means? What What does that mean exactly?
3: So this media company in Ohio broke down the average price for two tickets, uh, okay, a beer, okay. a hot that. dog, parking. Uh, all of that factored in to your night out at an NBA game. I thought you
2: meant like the you know the the amount of money they were or were not willing to spend to make the team <laughs> successful. That's what I thought. At first glance,
3: no, no. Uh, (laughs) It's actually
2: good news. Yeah.
3: Pacers are a good value.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: When they're healthy, they're a great, fun team to watch. They got to get Halliburton back. Man, having him injured really hurts this team. But uh, the average for two tickets. Now, again, this is the average. So you could probably get into a Pacer game if you're willing to sit in the upper deck for like 10 bucks on like a weeknight. But the average is 138 for two tickets. Uh, five fifty for a hot dog, fourteen forty-seven for parking, and seven dollars and twenty cents for a sixteen-ounce beer. Oh, making your night out at the ballpark with your Indiana Pacers the best value in the NBA.
2: Are they assuming you're only gonna drink one beer?
3: <laughs> they may have made a mistake. <laughs> We're gonna need some more variables factored in. I here. I will
2: say seven bucks for sixteen ounce is pretty good at a pro sporting events dude
3: the food at the fieldhouse it's really good they've got a lot of different restaurants set up in there now it's not just popcorn hot dogs pretzel yeah. it's really good stuff uh number two on the list was the oklahoma city thunder followed by the detroit pistons at number three so no excuse pacers are a fun team it's a beautiful place to watch a game, Gamebridge Field House. And according to this report, it's the cheapest in the NBA. So go check these kids out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to play some audio for you here, Nigel. All right. I don't know who's more of a lunatic the climate cultists or the PETA people. So here's an animal <laughs> activist in England just completely going nuts on a woman who is fishing, legally fishing got the license, a place where she can legally fish, caught a fish, and an animal rights activist flips out.
7: God, you are disgusting. Put oh. that bloody thing back in the water so if it's why? not dead already. Put it oh. back. You are disgusting. So you are it's a... a beep. Beep. I hope that's it. Sufficient. because you are an absolutely slavish disgrace. It's It's a fish it back in the water. Are you trying to kill it? It's
2: a fishery. You're a (laughs) whore. Sounds like the Queen of England and Sharon Osbourne arguing (laughs) with each other. I don't know. Yeah, no, lunatic for sure. Did somebody get
3: called a whore at the end of that? Is that what that said? Sam, could you please play the very end of that? Because I believe, (laughs) now I'm going to have to turn this up, Sam. I believe somebody got called a
2: whore. (laughs)
7: You are a whore.
2: Yeah, I just got to roll my eyes. Yeah, whatever, lady. I'm going to fillet this thing and eat it tonight. Sorry about you.
3: Imagine you're out there doing, like, the most peaceful thing imaginable. Oh, and
2: it really is, yeah.
3: Just out there on the water, on your boat, or maybe, you know, know, got some buddies with you. It's just relaxing, and here comes some lunatic, (laughs) yelling all British stuff to you. No, thank you.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are
2: weirdos? On 93 WIBC.
7: So let's rock!
2: Nigel Jason Hammer is here. Let's not waste any time. Let's dive right in and check in with America's battle against COVID nineteen. Oh, COVID
7: nineteen! Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. How many?
2: There are three vaccines. China piss off. Now you've made. I got off. this. We're all nervous. There we go. Turn it down. Of- COVID nineteen. <laughs> I think there might be even more than 3 now vaccines. I've lost track. Doesn't matter. I like <laughs> the Novavax vaccine is that one of them? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but didn't we lose some? We gained some. Yeah, I don't know if the Johnson Johnson is a thing anymore. That might be gone. So I we started... still
3: might be at three. Okay, we said
2: my, just by default. Okay.
3: We're not changing the song. I'm just telling you that right <laughs> now. I don't care how many there are. We're not changing the song. Uh, CNN's resident doctor of COVID, Dr. Leanne Nguyen. She has been covering COVID from the very beginning yeah, for CNN. She
2: was very dramatic. COVID fear porn purveyor for sure.
3: She has now admitted. And has done so on the air, that uh, we may have been overcounting COVID deaths for years, uh-huh. and some of the people that died of other
6: causes need to be counted separately. There is a way for us to look at death certificates and also to look at the medical records of individuals prior to their death. And I think this needs to be separated into three categories. One is the the COVID as a direct contributor, the primary cause of death. The second is, could it be a secondary contributing cause? So for example, somebody with kidney disease, COVID then pushes them over the edge to have kidney failure. That's COVID as a contributing cause. And then the third is COVID As an incidental finding. So, somebody coming in with a gunshot wound or a heart attack and they happen (laughs) to test positive. I think that we need to separate out and look at the percentages of each. That percentage would have shifted over time as well. In the beginning, probably a lot more people were dying with the primary cause of COVID. That probably has shifted. And I think, again, we need to understand this. Probably. Another reason to understand this, too, is (laughs) a lot of people are wondering when they should get a booster next. When do we need a second booster or another booster? And the only way we can know for sure is to understand who. Who is getting severely ill? How
2: scientific of her? Well, there are probably a lot of people that were dying of straight COVID back then, but now probably there's a lot of some other people dying with COVID now. So you're telling me that the guy with the gunshot might
3: not have died of COVID. Don Jr., your thoughts? No, (laughs) s***!
7: Who could have seen that coming? I had no idea!
2: Oh, man. It seems like just the, the public health establishment has been wrong around every corner just at every step they you and i have been talking about this for years now multiples of years talking about how how if you go into a hospital you get your leg bit off by an alligator and you're bleeding profusely and you happen to pass away but you also happen to have covid boom covid death died of covid died. <laughs> i mean how many times have we discussed this and now finally you have corporate elite media saying the exact same thing because they really just can't hide behind it anymore.
3: You know, what's crazy is how often regular people like us, we don't have medical degrees, but over the last couple of years, how often people like us have been right. And people like Dr. Leanna Wen here and Dr. Fauci have been completely wrong, you know, and they don't want to admit it. So now they're coming out like this is breaking news. Now, listen, The guy with the gunshot might have
2: died from a gunshot wound, not COVID. Well, you don't say. Dramatically. I mean, she admits. I mean, she's saying the U.S. has been dramatically overcounting COVID deaths. People were locked out of their jobs because of this. People lost jobs because of this. Decisions were made. Public health decisions were made. Kids were locked out of schools.
3: So I'm not much of a hockey fan. I'll admit that. But we had a little drama in the NHL last night. So the Philadelphia Flyers, they had a game, and it was Pride Night. And in the pre-game skate, like the warm-up session before the game started, the Flyer players were wearing like rainbow jerseys for Pride. Okay. There was one player, a defenseman, who did not want to do that. He claimed it was due to his Russian Orthodox faith. His name is Ivan Provorov. Now, I might be butchering his name, and if that's the case, I'm sorry, but he did not want to wear the pride stuff, and now people are giving him a good old-fashioned finger wagging. This is the player after the game talking to the media about why he did not want to wear the pride uniform. Everybody, and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion.
1: That's all I'm going to say. Any uh,
4: like I said, that's all
1: I'm going to comment on. That
4: um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like I would answer
3: those. Russian Orthodox. He claims that's his faith. Uh, he said he respects everybody, but
2: he's not going to well, do that. Forget about believing in somebody's, you know, gay rights or whatever. That's that's fine and well and good, and they should have rights just like everybody else. But. I should have the right not to wear a T-shirt or a ribbon or a medal or anything like that, right? I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't. I should have the right not to kneel if I don't want to, because I don't believe in you know forcing somebody to do something. After the game, his coach
3: uh, was defending his decision, but you could already tell some of the media members were getting a
1: little squirrely. Uh, He he's being true to himself and to his religion. This has to do with his belief in his religion. And it's one thing I respect about provy He's always true to himself. Uh, and so that's that's where we're at with that.
3: Was there any consideration on your part when he chose not to wear the jersey to not play him as a result? No. 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 Good for him. No. And there was a ESPN reporter. And <laughs> this is what we're dealing with here. This was the tweet that the ESPN reporter put out. Quote, He's the only Flyers player not to have a pride jersey on and the only player not to have it up for post-game auction. The sale of these jerseys and rainbow sticks benefit charities and efforts to grow the game in diverse communities. He owes them a donation.
2: Okay, all right. Yeah, everybody owes something. It's You owe something for my cause that I believe in.
3: It reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where Kramer didn't want to wear <laughs> the AIDS
7: ribbon.
5: You're checked in? Yeah, thank you. Here's your AIDS
7: ribbon. Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> You don't want to wear an AIDS ribbon? Uh,
4: No.
5: no. But you have to wear an AIDS ribbon.
4: I have to? Yes. Yeah. See, that's why I don't want to. What is
5: a ribbon? You must wear the ribbon.
4: What you are? You are a ribbon bully. Yeah. Back here
7: here
2: and put this on. That's exactly. It's the same thing. thing. That's hilarious.
3: All right, let's take a look at the roads, Matt Bear. What's up?
2: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Casey Daniels from the Kendall and Casey Show. Joining us for the side piece segment. Casey, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Remember when the Biden administration and corporate mainstream media told us, oh, the adults are in charge now. (laughs) <laughs> remember, remember that whole rap how Donald Trump was going to blow up the world because he sent out a few tweets, but, mm-hmm. you know, the grown-ups are, are back, in the, back in the White House. Do, do, do grown-ups leave classified documents unattended in their garage parked next to the vet? Do do ups let their crackhead son rent the house out for fifty thousand dollars a month <laughs> and not keep visitor logs?
5: Did I hear somebody say money laundering? Doesn't that sound like that's what it is? Uh, and and the, now we're
2: learning that the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland, the A. G. They they're telling the F. B. I. Now we don't we don't need you involved <laughs> in the whole Joe Biden. You know
5: D. O. J. No, not me. I, I just. But you know what? Just in case my lawyers are gonna go with you while yeah you search. exactly mm-hmm.
2: i just i i'm old enough to remember how the adults were in charge <laughs> and it doesn't seem that way well just, here's just a
1: thought
5: here's my really pertinent question and i asked rob kendall this earlier and he skirted it but i know that oh. you guys won't. oh i know you won't skirting rob yeah he's, afraid of the question <laughs> he skirted the tough question from the girl okay skirting so rob. here it is are you ready rob here you ready for it let's yes. go which is sexier The Corvette or Melania's closet? (laughs) Oh, wow.
2: I don't. I'm not a huge Corvette fan, so I'd take a tour in Melania's underwear drawer any day. i
3: go looking I'm for so... some classified files in Melania's <laughs> drawer. I think I'll i
5: volunteer as tribute, sure. Now you're saying that because you're a tall fella, and the Corvette would be a small, compact car for you.
2: Now I always thought Vets were a little. <laughs> like if I was going to buy, a vet, if I had enough money to buy a Vet, I might just like want to buy like a Jaguar instead mm-hmm. or something like that.
5: Hmm.
2: Vets to me seem uh I don't know. To look at me, the old school Vets are awesome. Yeah, like the, 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 like
5: the one that's the, next new, to the, the documents. The, the, the new ones
2: look like they're trying to look like a Lamborghini. Mm,
5: okay. To me, if someone wants you to know, give me a
3: Corvette, I'm not going sure. to say no. Like if Doug Bowles is listening, it's like, man, I was just going to give Nigel this new pace car, but <laughs> apparently he doesn't like the new models.
2: I'll take We've it. We've never gotten that offer before in the history <laughs> of the Indy 500 in the show being on the air. Even though Doug Bowles is a friend of ours, so I doubt he's going to start now.
3: They let other people drive know, pace cars. People that snowman. don't
2: even have
5: shows anymore still drive pace cars. <laughs> yeah. Where's
3: our invitation to drive a pace car? So what I have a think? neighbor
5: who drives a pace car because the car is out in the neighborhood. Is That's it his? cool. I, I don't know if it's like on loan for the season because I haven't seen it. When the temperatures got colder, the base car disappeared. So Nigel maybe has it had a Biden mask
3: back. that he wore at a night with WIBC. <laughs> Have your neighbor put the mask on and drive around <laughs> the
5: neighborhood
2: like
1: <laughs> <by>
5: Biden. <laughs> there we go. Well,
2: you tell me, Casey. I mean, what's what's the answer to the question? Repeat the question, yeah. first of all.
5: Which is sexier, the Corvette or Melania's closet. You tell me. Well, I'm gonna go with the Corvette, of course. Okay. You know, all although right. I bet she has some really wonderful high end dresses in that closet. I was wondering what you were gonna
3: say, and dresses <laughs> was not the answer that I was looking for. Hey I'm Casey, sorry.
2: do you think that everybody's turning on Biden now, corporate mainstream media? Uh do you think there's people that are inside the Biden administration possibly leaking some of this stuff just so he won't he won't run again in twenty 20- I do think he's gonna run again, but
5: well, you know, we were being told that it was inadvertent and he was surprised, so why would he lie? You know, <laughs> everybody in the room is laughing he wouldn't he wouldn't lie about that was he surprised that they found the documents or was yeah. he surprised that <laughs> he they were the,
3: there yeah
5: which surprise i think was he was surprised
3: it? that he was the vice president
5: <laughs> <laughs> wait wait what was the vice president huh? really have these? well and now people are saying uh does obama have anything to say about this because all of this happened under his watch where is he at oh, with sure. this? sure. He's like, don't pick me. He's the kid who sits in the back of the classroom with his head down, not making eye contact. You
2: know what just hit me? Obama throws his vice president, Joe Biden, some crap assignment like being in charge of Ukraine foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Biden sees that as an opportunity <laughs> back in the day. He sends his son over there mm-hmm. to see if he could gain access and favor To the president of the United
5: States.
3: Biden saw everybody else getting rich while he was in office, and he thought, hot damn, it's my turn. Mm
5: -hmm. He's been in government for 50 years and now has a $2 million house, which Hunter has to pay $50,000 a month to rent. That seems... Which is interesting because according to uh, the New York Post, Mm -hmm. which is a uh, story that
3: Breitbart has also ran with, that's the same amount of money that he had to pay Ukraine for some... Uh, things over there as well it's you weird don't how that say. works out
5: you don't say yeah I mean I think there's some shenanigans going on I think one document in one place people might accept but now with the drip 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 it's like, wait, what's what's going on Are here? people
2: more outraged at, like, oh, they can't believe the mishandling of classified documents? That uh, Are they more mad at the documents or the the hypocrisy of the whole thing no. where Donald Trump, you know, his house got raided. Uh, Melania had to get rid of all her undergoods and replace them with all new stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they got rid of the whole wardrobe because the FBI was rummaging through their closet. I'm more outraged at that, at the double standard.
5: At the hypocrisy yes. of it. Yeah, I think. And had Biden not said, how irresponsible. Exactly, exactly. And then, oh, really? And it's, you know what? <laughs> Just let the narcissist keep talking because the more they do, what they say and reveal is a confession. Speaking of narcissists talking, sounds like the old man, <laughs>
3: number 45, Donald Trump mm-hmm. might be getting ready to come back to Twitter and Facebook. Does mm-hmm. do
5: anything for you at all, Casey? You know what? I think it well, Twitter more fun than Facebook yeah. because I'm not a big Facebooker, I've never have been. I just don't enjoy it. I think it's just angry trolls on Facebook for the most part. Same with Twitter. Well, yes, that's true, yeah, but Twitter
3: it, isn't exactly a bastion of hope <laughs> and fun.
5: Positive <laughs> well, influence. I on I guess it depends on who you're following, what you've got going on in your feed. But I think it will be entertaining. Will it help him? No, I think it could hurt him, just proving again, unless he turns that account over to someone who will run it for well, him.
2: He, he, he petitioned Facebook to let him back on, or his campaign did. So, mm-hmm. it, I mean, all you can't run a big presidential campaign without being on those Platforms, I don't right. think, and now yeah. that he's allowed back on, I think, I think, I just wonder what the first tweet's going to be.
3: All right, so I'm making a bet. You know me; I'm a sports better. I've got an itch to make a bet here. Mm-hmm. This is what I bet his first tweet's going to be. <laughs> I'm back. Kiss my orange ass.
1: <laughs>
3: That's I my mean, bet for the first return I, tweet.
2: My bet is I'm not going to get too specific. I'll just I'll speak of generalities. But the, the tweet will involve the word horse horseface. <laughs> <laughs> That's my prediction.
5: Or he can should I get just some, say.
2: Can I get some odds on horseface from the gambling <laughs> man over
5: there?
3: Yeah, you hit a horse face parlay on this. You're going to be a wealthy man, my friend.
5: (laughs) Just, uh, hi, good night, everybody, and then we never have another tweet from him again. (laughs) Um, So, we had a little conversation at the
3: end of my segment on your show Mm -hmm. earlier today. Yeah. We had a lot of conversations, but the one we ran out of time (laughs) was greatest... Female front mm-hmm. of a group or band. Yeah. Not an individual. Mm-hmm. And here are the criteria. Right. The individual that's fronting said band has to be talented. Mm-hmm. The band has to have commercial success. Okay. And. She has to be hot. So I don't care how how talented you are. If you're ugly, you're out. I don't care how (laughs) hot you are. If you're not a good singer or performer, you're out. Mm -hmm. Because yesterday was Susanna Hoff's birthday of the Bengals. Mm -hmm. And I would make a claim. I'd make an argument. That Susanna
5: Hoffs belongs in that conversation, and she still is so pretty, isn't she? She still got it. Yeah, there's that one part in the Walk Like an Egyptian video where she kind of does that little side look and she bites her lip, and oh, yeah, man. she's just so cute. In Smoke that. on the water. Mm-hmm. Okay. She still is. All right, mm-hmm.
2: I got one for you. What? Courtney Love of Hole. She's
5: on my list too, but he did say. What the, the, the band had to be successful, the and the lead singer had to back be hot. In the
2: day, and I thought she was really hot back I in never her thought what you love was hot. I thought she was kind of trashy hot.
5: Okay, in that
3: bruises where like you know needles <laughs> have been kind of way, I guess, but it never really worked for me. And
2: the other one that's popping into my head, and then I'll give, give it to Casey, was mm-hmm. Chrissy Hind, the pretender.
5: She was on my list okay. as well. I've got her too. So yeah, Sorry, we'll, we I agree wrote on it that. For you. No, it's all cool. What about Janice Joplin? Big brother in the holding company. Not hot.
1: <laughs> not Janis hot. Joplin,
5: not hot. Like, okay, Like who is going to be above
3: Susanna Hoffs here? Because mm. to me, I think we're talking about just a handful of people. Debbie Harry,
2: Love her. Blondie.
5: Wore my Blondie t-shirt yesterday. And we're talking about all these people in their prime. Mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks. Yep.
2: Gwen Stefani. Gwen
5: Stefani. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Stevie Nicks needs to be up there. Because she's just prime Stevie Nicks yeah. with Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. All right, we got ourselves a ball game. And I think that the talent level with Stevie Nicks and band success really elevates Stevie Nicks above some of these other people that we have on the list here. Belinda Carlisle, yeah, she was good, the band was successful. Shirley Manson of Garbage.
2: If there was a list of ugly DJs, you and I would be at the top. Yes. i at that.
3: We would be <laughs> number Somebody, one. Ugly
5: somebody's... and fat. That's the criteria. <laughs> Both of those things. But you would you would skyrocket up on the talent Oh, oh yeah. Skyrocket Thank up. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
1: the hammer and nigel show my name
2: is nigel jason hammer right over there with a special guest on the drive Hubler.com hotline he's a former
3: educator here in the state of indiana also an investigative journalist for the daily signal tony kennett joins us tony it's no secret that people teach critical race theory but the way they get around by saying they don't is they call it something else we've talked about this we've had conversations but now we've got someone recorded on tape saying it. The new Project Veritas video is out, and I want to get your thoughts on that.
4: It's the very same thing that we've been saying all this time. They're teaching critical race theory. Uh, they're using the tenets of it explicitly in instruction. Uh, what I thought was kind of interesting, though, at least in, in most in point, is how kind of when the doors are closed, critical race theory isn't just seen as you know something that's good it 's not just seen as something that's maybe necessary but it's it's seen as almost common sense to a lot of progressives that you would segregate people by color and that you would implore how important it is to teach children that being white is a very evil and horrible thing, and that you're responsible for generational guilt uh, I'm thrilled to see Project Veritas and a lot of the Uh, excellent team over there uh, getting all of these videos and exposing this stuff
3: and again for somebody who hasn't seen it or even knows what project veritas is this is like a hidden camera group that go inside some of these liberal woke places and they had a conversation with a teacher and he says you know on hidden camera you know we get around teaching critical race theory by calling it something else and we have been saying this it feels like for two years
4: tony Yeah, again, just calling it diversity, equity, and inclusion, calling it uh, racial justice, calling it any other number of really nice and and fluffy words uh, in in order just to continue teaching. And funnily enough, you don't even need this recording to to rely on this. Gloria Ladson-Billings, who has been writing essays on critical race theory since the 1990s and the importance of it and the need for it and why it's good, uh, she was... She has been giving interviews as a professor of education for like two or three years now saying that you can't uh, be equitable in education without teaching critical race theory. She says that all <laughs> high schools and middle schools should be using critical race theory. So so much for that theory.
3: One more thing on this before we move on, because we've got a number of different subjects we want to get your opinion on here. But I've had a lot of people send me messages wanting me to ask you this parents of kids in schools they get these surveys sent to them now the surveys are very vague you know how is your son or daughter's experience what can we do better does your child feel included things like that is that survey that gets mailed out from school groups to these parents kind of laying the groundwork to potentially roll out crt in some capacity
4: Oh, absolutely. A lot of these surveys that come out and they're like, so how do you feel? Really what that is, is there is some administrator in the school, some counselor who's looking for an excuse to say, we got three surveys back and this child does not feel included. Therefore, we need to change everything we're doing in the whole district. Oh, my God.
3: 33 percent of the responses (laughs) say we need critical race
9: theory.
4: Yeah, two out of 800 students say that they didn't feel included that one time we didn't have a pride flag hanging up. Therefore, we need pride flags in every classroom. This is exactly how this stuff goes. I sat in those meetings. In Indianapolis public schools, when this exact kind of logic was used, they'll say this qualitative data is just as important as quantitative data, which any science academic will tell you is complete hogwash.
2: Speaking with Tony Cannon, investigative journalist for The Daily Signal, as are reading your uh, recent piece that you posted about how my tax dollars are uh, being funneled to places like Indiana University to openly provide, as you put, unproven hormonal injections shown to be exceptionally risky. W- tell me about this article. Where do we start here?
4: So uh, Illinois, uh, Illinois University, and uh, also a University of Wisconsin-Madison and Indiana University, uh, their university health programs are utilizing your tax dollars to provide any student that wants it, in some cases adolescents who come to their centers that aren't even 18, uh, with hormonal treatments and other things that Even these websites themselves, including IU and Wisconsin, openly admit are dangerous and harmful. So your tax dollars are paying for a treatment that IU openly admits can cause cancer, could cause death, will permanently destroy the endocrine system, that's uh, what keeps your hormones regulated, and your reproductive systems. We know that this is, you said unproven, IU openly admits that it's harmful. Yet they say it's important gender-affirming care, that if you know you want to cut off your genitals and you know stick yourself through a lot of hormones, that's going to burn out all of your your hormone production glands and facilities. Hey, we'll, we'll do that on the taxpayer dime.
2: But I'm sure there's. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure there's psychological examinations and many forms and pieces of paperwork and um, surveys and things you have to fill out before you you get this kind of procedure. Correct.
4: No, uh, in fact, in all three <laughs> of these cases. No, uh, of course not. Oh, God forbid you actually. Yeah, did like a psychological
2: minister- uh, examination of any sort?
4: No, I mean, and the 1998 computer asks you if you want to co- save a document before closing. They don't even do that in this case. There's no, are you sure you want to destroy your genitals before you take this injection? No, Literally, if you pressure them and say, I don't want a psychological examination, because what person is going to openly admit that they're not mentally stable? So if you openly, you know, say, look, I, I'm mentally stable. No one's going to tell me otherwise. Now give me the needle. They'll write you a prescription on the spot. And uh, it was incredible just to look through all of the gender-affirming, quote-unquote, gender-affirming care, um, or as it should be and is known in several medical communities as uh, body system uh, mutilation. Um, And the amount of just horror stories that are starting to come out is is just unreal. Well,
2: that's my next question. I mean, are there any studies that have been done to – suggest that, you know, quality of life of someone who's gone through this is has, has improved. Are, are there any studies that, that talk about the, the safety of, of these kinds of procedures?
4: So uh, the, the Trevor Project is a left-wing activist uh, group that likes to basically create these fake studies. Um, and I say fake because it's all qualitative data. There's nothing quantitative in their studies uh, that will say that, well, if, you know, if, if your kid – uh, wants to be transgender, it's better to have a trans daughter than a dead daughter or a dead son or whatever. And so they, they say that, well, 100 percent of people who get gender affirming care are less likely to commit suicide. But additional studies that are done by you know actual scientists looking at data have discovered that's actually not true at all. It turns out that those who receive psychological counseling and help, not hormonal injections, are more likely to be mentally healthy over a longer period of time. They are less likely to commit suicide. And as we find out from a lot of individuals and, and more recent studies that are coming out, the regret from individuals who have uh, undergone transgender surgery and procedures regret it as soon as two years after the procedure uh, Is, and, and do so for the rest of their life. Are
2: lives. there any universities that had been doing these procedures that said, all right, maybe we should pull back uh, for a minute. Maybe we should stop this process until we find out more about the, the long-term effects.
4: Uh, Vanderbilt in Tennessee, because the uh, GOP caucus inside the, the Tennessee State House wrote a letter that said, we believe that you are encouraging medical mutilation. We believe that what you are doing is using taxpayer dollars to harm children and young adults. And so therefore, we're going to launch a full-scale investigation into absolutely everything you're doing to see if you're up to board. And Vanderbilt posted a little thing online that said, yeah, I think we're going to stop with the gender <laughs> surgeries for a minute. I, I don't know. I wish that we had a Republican legislature who had um, the cojones uh, to perhaps send such a letter to Indiana University. No, we're, we're too busy scratching their back.
3: Nigel, do you ever wonder what the text messages on Tony Kennett's phone look like? Like most of us get messages <laughs> of like, hey, what's up? What's going on, uh, Tony? Any update on the trans hormonal funding and body <laughs> mutilation?
4: Uh, I'll uh, I'll always keep my text open for you, Jason. You can start sending me some more normal texts. So my <laughs> wife isn't. Hey, so uh, last thing here, Tony. Before we
3: let you go, uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. There's rumors. There's chatter. There's scuttlebutt that Donald Trump, getting ready to come back to Twitter as well as Facebook, his staff has apparently reached out to Facebook to unblock his account since he is running for the president. Your
4: thoughts? Okay. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I I don't know what to say. He was going to do his whole, oh, just truth social, truth social, such a success story. And then it turns out, no, no one, not really – much change has occurred and, and true social is still kind of languishing. And uh, he, he wants to kind of recapture some attention. He's embarrassed himself royally on social media several times in the last couple of months. And I say that with, you know, an air of disappointment. I I find it, you know, unfortunate, especially with some of the anti-China policies that he is suggesting. Um, I I mean, good for him. I hope that he actually keeps his hands off of his phones and, uh, you know, refrains from, tweeting out more very weird things, but I don't know. It's kind of a nothing burger for me. It should be entertaining, It's though. great
2: for our show. I'm not going to lie, Tony. Yes, it's great for our I, show. I can't wait to have Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks <laughs> come
4: up oh, and I'm, read more I'm tweets. I'm excited for, I'm yeah. excited for the, the just copulent amount of screaming and crying that will come as a result of this. Where can people find you at, Tony? You can find me on uh, The Daily Signal, dailysignal.com. You can check out all of my stuff there. And if you're a masochist, you can follow me on Twitter at TheTonus. Tony Kennett, thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.